Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Dad, I'm broke. Hey, broke. I'm Dad. Dad. Okay, don't you have cash saved up from babysitting? No, I spent it. I want my own bank account from S&T Bank. They offer free ATMs, Zelle, and an annual scholarship. Plus, when I open a Smart Start checking account, I get $100. See? I'm responsible. Hey, responsible. I'm Dad. Visit stbank.com slash smart start for details. Bonus available July 1st through September 30th, 2022. Opening deposit balance of $50 required. Member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. And on today's episode, we're going to dive into Bo Bergdahl, American traitor turned Taliban sympathizer. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. Audible is a subscription service that allows you to buy audiobooks that you can listen to on your phone, laptop, mobile devices. Audible allows you to choose from a gigantic array of audiobooks narrated by amazing narrators, which you can listen to from anywhere. Right now, I'm listening to The Dead Zone by Stephen King, narrated by Oscar-winning actor James Franco. It's the chilling story of a high school teacher who falls into a coma and wakes up with psychic abilities. In all seriousness, audiobooks are great for when you're alone and maybe want to stop with the YouTube. And right now you can get a free audiobook by signing up with the link in the description. And now let's dive into today's topic. Bobergdahl is a U.S. Army soldier who was held captive from 2009 to 2014 by the Taliban-aligned Haqqani Network in Afghanistan and Pakistan after he deserted. He was originally in the Coast Guard, 
Bergdahl was captured after deserting his post on June 30, 2009. The circumstances under which Bergdahl went missing and how he was captured by the Taliban, Taliban excuse me, has been since become the subject of intense media scrutiny. He was released on May 31, 2014 as part of a prisoner exchange for five high-ranking Taliban member, members who were being held at the detention center at Guantanamo Bay. Bergdahl was tried by journal court-martial on charges of desertion and misbehavior before the enemy. On October 16, 2017, he entered a guilty plea before a military judge at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. On November 3, 2017, he was sentenced to be dishonorably discharged, reduced in rank to private, and fined $1,000 per month from his pay for 10 months with no prison time. The fine and reduction in rank took effect immediately while the discharge of state pending automatic appeal. Excuse me. Bergdahl was born in 1986 in Sun Valley, Idaho to Robert Bergdahl, a commercial truck driver, and his wife, Jamie Larson Bergdahl. He is of Norwegian and Swedish ancestry. He has an older sister, Skye. Both Bergdahl and his sister were homeschooled by their mother in Haley, Idaho. The family attended the Sovereign Redeemer Presbyterian Church an Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Bergdahl received a GED certificate through the College of Southern Idaho. As an adult, Bergdahl studied and practiced fencing and martial arts before changing to ballet classes at the Sun Valley Ballet School in Ketchum, Idaho. He spent time in a Buddhist monastery between 2007 and 2008. In 2006, Bergdahl entered basic training in the U.S. Coast Guard, but was discharged after 26 days for psychological reasons, receiving, quote, an uncharacterized discharge. In 2008, Bergdahl enlisted in the U.S. Army and graduated from the infantry school at Fort Benning, Georgia. He was assigned to the 1st Battalion, 501st Infantry Regiment, 4th Brigade Combat Team, 25th Infantry Division, based at Fort Richardson, Alaska. According to a fellow soldier, specialist Jason Fry, Bergdahl, whom Fry described as a loner but focused and well-behaved, told him before deploying to Afghanistan, If this deployment is lame, I'm just going to walk off into the mountains of Pakistan. Instead of socializing with his comrades during Thanksgiving, he studied maps of Afghanistan. Bergdahl's unit deployed to outpost Mest Malak in May 2009, where they conducted counterinsurgency operations. Bergdahl began learning to speak Pashto and, according to Fry, to gravitate away from his unit, spending more time with the Afghans than he did with his platoon. Bergdahl's father described his son to military investigators as psychologically isolated. On June 25, 2009, Bergdahl's battalion suffered its first casualty. First Lieutenant Brian Bradshaw was killed by a roadside bomb not far from Bergdahl's outpost. Bergdahl's father believes Bradshaw and Bergdahl had grown close at the National Training Center and that Bergdahl's death darkened Bergdahl's mood. On June 27, 2009, Bergdahl sent an email to his parents before he was captured, saying, quote, Mom, Dad, the future is too good to waste on lies, and life is way too short to care for the damnation of others, as well as to spend it helping fools with their ideas that are wrong. I have seen their ideas, and I am ashamed to even be American. The horror and the self-righteous arrogance that they thrive in, it is all revolting. 
Three good sergeants have been forced to move to another company, and one of the biggest shitbags is being put in charge of the team. My battalion commander was a conceited old fool. In the U.S. Army, you are cut down for being honest. But if you are a conceited brown-nosing shitbag, you will be allowed to do whatever you want. And you will be handed your higher rank. The system is wrong. I am ashamed to be an American. The title of U.S. soldier is just a lie of fools. The U.S. Army is the biggest joke the world has to laugh at. It is the army of liars, backstabbers, fools, and bullies. The few good sergeants are getting out as soon as they can. I am sorry for everything here. These people need help. Yet what they get is the most conceited country in the world, telling them that they are nothing, and that they are stupid, that they have no idea how to live. We don't even care when we hear each other talk about running their children down in the dirt streets with our armored trucks. We make fun of them in front of their faces and laugh at them for not understanding we are insulting them. I'm sorry for everything. The horror that is America is disgusting. There are a few more boxes coming to you guys. Feel free to open them and use them. Bob Brigdahl responded to his son's message not long after he received it. Dear Bo, in matters of life and death, and especially at war, it is never safe to ignore one's conscience. Ethics demands obedience to our conscience. It is best to also have a systematic moral defense of what our conscience demands. Stand with like-minded men when possible. A former senior military official briefed on the investigation into Bergdahl's disappearance stated that on the night he went missing, Bergdahl left it a note. The existence of such a note was disputed by the Obama administration during a meeting with Congress on the release of Bergdahl. In his sworn statement, Bergdahl denied leaving a note. Investigating Officer Major General Kenneth Dahl acknowledged that there was no evidence of his leaving a note. And now we're going to take a look into the captivity and circumstances of Bergdahl's disappearance. Bergdahl walked away from his battalion on the night of June 30th, 2009 at Observation Post Mest near the town in the Paktika province. Accounts of his capture differ. In a video, Bergdahl said he was captured when he fell behind on a patrol. Taliban sources allege he was ambushed after becoming drunk off base. American military sources deny that claim, stating that Taliban, Taliban are known for lying and what they are claiming is not true. A Defense Department spokesman said, I'm glad to see he appears unharmed, but again, this is a Taliban propaganda video. They are exploiting the soldier in violation of international law. Other sources said Bergdahl walked off base after his shift, or that he was grabbed from a latrine. In 2009, the U.S. Department of Defense attributed his disappearance to walking off his base in eastern Afghanistan with three Afghan counterparts and was believed to have been taken prisoner. Apologies for butchering this name, but General Nabi Mukhail of the Afghan National Police said the capture occurred in the province. Other sources say that he was captured by a Taliban group led by Mullah Sengin Sadaran who moved him to Ghazni province. He was held by the Hakani Network, an insurgent group affiliated with the Taliban, somewhere in Pakistan. Bergdahl was a private first class when captured. He was promoted in absentee to specialist on June 19, 2010, and to sergeant on June 17, 2011. According to soldiers in Bergdahl's platoon, the morning when Bergdahl was discovered to be missing, 
His equipment was found neatly stacked with his compass missing. A Pentagon investigation in 2010 concluded that Bergdahl walked away from his unit. Bergdahl had written, prior to his departure, emails to his parents in which he reported having become disillusioned with the war efforts and bothered by the treatment of Afghans by American soldiers. Like we previously covered, he said in his email he was ashamed to be American. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Martin Dempsey, said, quote, The questions about this particular soldier's conduct are separate from our effort to recover any U.S. service member in enemy captivity, and that the military will investigate how Bergdahl was captured. Quote, like any American, he is innocent until proven guilty. Our Army leaders will not look away from misconduct if it occurred. In the meantime, we will continue to care for him and his family. Some soldiers who had served with Bergdahl have called him a desert. Nathan Bradley Bethia, a member of Bergdahl's battalion, wrote a Daily Beast article stating that there was no patrol the night that Bergdahl went missing and that Bergdahl had talked about his desire to walk to India. Bethia wrote that the brigade received an order not to discuss Bergdahl due to safety reasons, but since he had been found, there was no need for silence. Cody Fall, a member of Bergdahl's platoon, said, quote, He knowingly deserted and put thousands of people in danger because, because he did. We swore to an oath and we up, upheld ours. He did not. Fall said that Bergdahl had mailed his computer and other possessions home prior to his disappearance. On July 18, 2009, the Taliban released a video showing Bergdahl, who appeared downcast and frightened. A Defense uh, Department statement issued the following day confirmed that Bergdahl had been declared missing whereabouts unknown on July 1st and that his status had been changed to missing and captured on July 3rd. In the 28-minute video, his captors held up his dog tags to establish that the captured man was Bergdahl. Bergdahl gave the date as July 14th and mentioned in an attack that occurred that day. On December 25th, 2009, five months after Bergdahl's disappearance, the media arm of the Taliban released a video of a U.S. soldier captured in Afghanistan entitled, One of Their People Testified. The Taliban did not name the American, but the only U.S. soldier known to be in captivity was Bergdahl. U.S. military officials had been searching for Bergdahl, but it was not publicly known whether he was being held in Afghanistan Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Okay. On December 25th, another video was released showing Brigdahl wearing sunglasses, a combat uniform, and helmet. He described his place of birth, deployment to Afghanistan, and subsequent capture and made several statements regarding his humane treatment by his captors, contrasting this to the abuses suffered by insurgents in prisons. He finished stating that the U.S. should not be involved in Afghanistan, and that its presence there was akin to the Vietnam War. The Taliban originally demanded the release of six prisoners after Taliban commander Awal Ghul died of a heart attack at Guantanamo Bay 
The demand was reduced to five Taliban prisoners. On April 7, 2010, the Taliban released a third video depicting Bergdahl pleading for the release of Afghan prisoners held at Guantanamo and Bagram. In 2010, Bergdahl appeared briefly in a fourth video. In May 2011, Bergdahl appeared briefly in a fifth video. In June 2010, Bergdahl managed to escape his, cap his captors but was recaptured after less than nine days. In August 2010, it was reported that a Taliban commander named Haji Nadim had claimed that Bergdahl was helping to train the Taliban in bomb-making and infantry tactics. The Pentagon dismissed the reports as Taliban propaganda. In June 2013, Bergdahl's parents received a letter from him through the Red Cross. In January 2014, the U.S. received another proof-of-life video dated December 14, 2013 in which Bergdahl mentioned the death of South African President Nelson Mandela, indicating the video had been filmed after December 5th. In early 2014, it was suggested in some media that the U.S. government had attempted to secure the release by paying a ransom and that the intermediary had absconded with the money. The Pentagon said no ransom was paid, but that a payment had been made for intelligence that led to Bergdahl's release. I think that's really any different. After Bergdahl was confirmed as missing, the army initiated a dust one search to find him. According to soldiers from his platoon, there was an increase in attacks against U.S. forces in the province following his disappearance. Significant resources were deployed in an effort to find Bergdahl. Two Pashtun language leaflets were distributed by the U.S. military in seeking Bergdahl. One showed a smiling GI shaking hands with Afghan children the caption that called him a guest in Afghanistan. The other showed the door being broken down and threatened that those holding Bergdahl would be hunted down. According to soldiers involved in the effort to find Bergdahl, at least six soldiers from his battalion were killed during the search. Retired General Michael Flynn also blamed their deaths on the search for him. But the Army investigations did not report that any of these men were on a mission to look for him. National Guard Master Sergeant Mark Allen was on a mission to gather information about Bergdahl from two Afghan villages in July 2009 when his unit was ambushed by insurgents using small arms, machine guns, and rocket-propelled grenades. Allen, who was shot in the head, was severely permanently disabled from the wound, leaving him unable to walk or speak. He died on October 12, 2019. Officers who served in Afghanistan during that time told CNN that diverting resources to find Bergdahl delayed the closing of uh, combat outpost Keating, where eight American soldiers were killed on October 3, 2009, when 300 Taliban insurgents overran the base. However, a former senior military official told the New York Times that there was no direct evidence that diversion of surveillance or troops to search for Bergdahl encouraged the Taliban attacks. This was a dangerous region in Afghanistan in the middle of the fighting season. The article said, adding that while the search could have created some opportunities for the enemy, it was difficult to establish a direct cause and effect. After a review of the database of Afghan war casualties, the New York Times editorialized that Sergeant Bergdahl's critics appear to be blaming him for every American soldier killed in the province in the four-month period that followed his disappearance. According to a senior U.S. official, Bergdahl 
told military officials that he had been tortured, beaten, and held in a cage by his captors after he tried to escape. He told medical officials that he was locked in a metal cage in total darkness for weeks at a time as punishment for trying to escape. Bergdahl was released on May 31st, 2014 by his captors and recovered by Delta Force, a special mission unit component of the JSOC in eastern Afghanistan. The release was brokered with the Taliban by the American, Qatari, and Afghan governments in exchange for five Guantanamo Bay detainees transferred to Qatari custody for at least one year. At 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on May 31st, 2014, Bergdahl was handed over by 18 Taliban members to a special operations team in Afghanistan near a coast on the Pakistani border in what was described as a peaceful handover. A video of the handover was later released by the Taliban. Bergdahl was treated by the U.S. military medical staff at an undisclosed base in eastern Afghanistan. He was then transferred to Bagram Airfield before being flown to the Regional Medical Center in Germany for medical treatment. On June 13, 2014, he was flown by military plane to San Antonio, Texas, where he was taken to the Brook Army Medical Center to complete his recovery and reintegration. The Taliban detainees, known as the Taliban Five, who were transfer- transferred from Guantanamo Bay to custody in Qatar, were the Taliban Army Chief of Staff, a Taliban Deputy Minister of Intelligence, a former Taliban Interior Minister, and two senior Taliban figures. Some Republican members of Congress have said that the prisoner swap may have been illegal. The National Defense Authorization Act for 2014 mandates that all prisoner transfers from Guantanamo Bay require 30 days notice to Congress, which was not done in this case. President Obama signed the bill, released a signing statement that saying restriction interfered with the president's executive power as commander-in-chief. The White House released a statement acknowledging that the release of the prisoners did not comply with the NDAA provision, but cited the president's signing statement in unique and exigent circumstances as justification. One year earlier, Jay Carney, the spokesperson for the White House at the time, had assured the press that the decision to free Bergdahl would be made only after consulting Congress in accordance with said law. On May 31, 2014, President Obama appeared with Bob and Janie Bergdahl in the White House Rose Garden, where he delivered a speech about the prisoner swap that resulted in the recovery of their son. On July 13, 2014, it was reported that Bergdahl would return to duty at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas. This was confirmed by Army officials on July 14, with a spokeswoman saying that, quote, he will now return to regular duty within the command where he can contribute to the mission. In 2015, he was serving as a clerk. However, the military taboo surrounding desertion is such that he had to have a security detail to guard him from possible attacks from his fellow soldiers. And now let's dive into the military investigation surrounding Bergdahl. On June 16, 2014, the U.S. Army Senate had begun investigating the facts and circumstances surrounding the disappearance and capture of Bergdahl. On June 25, 2014, the U.S. Army came out and stated that there is no evidence that Bergdahl engaged in any misconduct during his years in captivity. 
The 2010 Pentagon investigation referred to above previously dealt with the events leading up to his capture. In 2014, Bergdahl was returned to active duty. In August 2014, it was announced that an investigation headed by Major General Kenneth Dahl would be conducted. During the course of the inquiry, Bergdahl told investigators that he left his position in June 2009 to report on misconduct in his unit and that he had intended to return quickly. During a 59-day investigation, Dahl interviewed 57 witnesses, including Bergdahl himself. According to his lawyer, Eugene Fidel, Bergdahl told him that, quote, he had concerns about certain conditions in the unit and things that had happened in the unit, and he figured that the only way to get any attention to them would be to get that information to a general officer. Fidel uh, opined that Bergdahl was actually AWOL when he was captured, rather than a deserter. In December 2014, the Army referred Bergdahl's case to a four-star general for a possible court-martial. In March 2015, the Army announced that Bergdahl had been charged with two counts under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, one count of desertion with intent to shirk important or hazardous duty, and one count of misbehavior before the enemy by endangering the safety of a command, unit, or place. The second more serious misbehavior charge can be charged with a life sentence. According to documents released by his defense team, Bergdahl was diagnosed with schizotypal personality disorder following an Army Sanitary Board evaluation. <clears throat> Excuse me. On November 3, 2017, military judge Nance accepted Bergdahl's guilty plea and sentenced him to be dishonorably discharged, reduced in rank, and fined $1,000. While the discharge was stayed pending automatic appeal, the judge did not give his reasons to the sentence, which was later reviewed by General Abrams as the final sentence included a punitive discharge. After the sentencing, President Trump tweeted out the decision on Sergeant Bergdahl is a complete and total disgrace to our country and to our military. On August 28, 2020, his sentence was approved by the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces. In February 2021, Bergdahl filed a petition in the U.S. District Court in D.C. to have the conviction and sentence expunged. On August 2, 2021, the Justice Department filed a motion to dismiss Bergdahl's petition that is under consideration awaiting response from Bergdahl's lawyers. That is all we have on this case of Bo Bergdahl. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Do you think he just went AWOL? Did he desert? Um, what are your thoughts on this case? Have you followed it in the news over the when it broke? What did you think about the prisoner swap? Should we have allowed it? Should we not have done that? Let us know. As always, you can buy a coffee. You can support the show, excuse me, by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps the channel grow, bring in new um, hosts, create new content, improve our content that we currently offer, and more. And as always, please hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time.
You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.